What is up, everybody out there, you denizens of podcast land? Yes, it is time. Sports Frenzy 2.0 back for your weekly fix of politically incorrect sports commentary. He's a conquistador, Dave Height. He's the maestro, Kevin Crane. Taping here August the 16th, 2023. This will drop tomorrow morning, the 17th. And of course, it's that time of year where we shift the priority of the first segment. Yes. Bum, 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 bum. First, we'll discuss the headlines in the NFL. We've got preseason underway. But more importantly for this week, once we get through the few transactions and issues in the NFL over the past seven days, we will give you our full-fledged fantasy football preview. Last week, we we're a little careful with what we were saying because, of course, Dave and I are in the same league. That's right. So we didn't want to give anything away. But now the draft is done. We have the draft board in front of us. We will tell you our observations. You can learn from our mistakes. You can learn from the smart things we did. Yes, it's only eight team. It's an eight-team league. Don't judge because after 15 years, yes, this is the 15th year of the Sports Frenzy League. I think we all know what we're doing now to a certain extent. Yeah, we've had many people rotate in and out through the years. We had a 10-team league set up at one point and people dropped out. Unreliable. This is a solid crew that can be relied upon. That has been doing this for years and years and years. So, I think, what, over well over half of the eight of us have won titles. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, but first, let's discuss some of the headlines that maybe impacted, maybe had an influence on some of the picks that we will discuss in a few minutes. That, of course, number one, being on draft night this past Monday. Two signings were made by running backs that were free agents. So, we had Zeke Elliott sign with the Patriots. Which you wonder... Now, with Ezekiel Elliott coming in, does that diminish the goal line touches for one Ramondre Stevenson? Then, now you've got a full, ridiculously cramped, packed running back room with the New York Jets, the prohibitive favorites to win the Super Bowl. (laughs) As Dalvin Cook opts to go with the Jets over the Dolphins, who already had a stacked running back room. Right. And even though he was a sneak peek here to our draft board, Devon A-Chain was not drafted, but I'm telling you, down the road, that kid could be a sleeper pick. I'm t- I love that pick for the Dolphins, and yeah. I think that's a big reason why they, they gave Dalvin Cook an offer at a certain dollar amount and said, yep. this far, no further. And the Jets said, okay, we'll pay more than that. (laughs) So now they're going to have to deal with trying to trade at least one or two of the running backs in their stable. Yep. So another conundrum for New York. Yep. So, and again, whose value does that impact? Is Dalvin Cook not as valuable? Is Brees Hall not as valuable? How how are they going to split the carries? Yeah. Inquiring minds in New York want to know. Yep. 
Now, we talked about the preseason starting up. We're through the first full week. And an amazing streak continues. The Baltimore Ravens are now 24-0 in their last 24 preseason games. That, My God, that's unbelievable. That's that's impressive. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's insane. You just wonder, how far can it go? Well, of course, it has not translated into much in the way of postseason no, success. No, not at all. But still, it's something... I don't know if it's something you can really take that much pride in. I would think it's got to be better than... Although... I was going to say 0-4, but the Colts famously under Peyton Manning were going 0-4 all the time in the preseason. Right. And everybody started to go, is there problems? What's going on? And then the Colts no, would blow out doing to a 12-4 record in the regular season and be just fine. Yeah, not a big deal. Yep. Speaking of the Colts and quarterbacks, their rookie, Anthony Robinson, has been named the starter for the year over Gordon or over yeah, Gardner Minshew. Yep, Anthony Richardson. Or Anthony Richardson, sorry. Yep. Yeah, and it, I my, have heard My of, pen started to fade. Because <laughs> you got one of those fancy little uh, technological tablets there you yeah. write on instead of good old-fashioned pen and paper. That's Kill right. a couple trees, Dave. Join me. Jump in the water's fine. Yeah, yeah. Already hearing pushback on this. Already hearing a lot of the the know-it-alls, the pundits in uh, the NFL media pushing back on this, saying, why not let Gardner Minshew play the first month or two let and the see kid where it learn. goes? This, We're already seeing, this has Ursay written all over it. Yeah, because this is what the critics are saying, is that mm-hmm. this is purely for ticket sales. Yeah. Because they don't think they'll sell as many tickets with Gardner Minshew under center as they will with the stud young top draft pick. I'm <sighs> telling you, we're going to see some ugly football from these top quarterbacks because CJ Stroud looked awful in his first week with the Texans. I heard Bryce Young didn't look good with the Panthers. Nope. You get you get what you as get. As much as I despise and everybody knows this, Aaron Rodgers the fact that he sat for years behind Brett Favre did nothing but make him a better quarterback. A douchebag of a human being, for sure. But it made him a better quarterback. But a better quarterback. Now, we'll see if sitting behind Mr. Rogers did anything for Jordan Love. I'm hearing good things about Jordan Love. I am. So... I, I still think Will they you catch have lightning to in a opt. bottle for a third straight quarterback? Oh, I don't think he's going to be in that stratosphere with Favre and, and Rodgers, but I think they should be happy with competent and, and a good starter for the next four or five years, maybe. There you go. That's all they could hope for at this point. But, yeah, I mean, the, argue, the argument will go on forever whether to start a kid right away or to let him sit because Peyton Manning, Troy Aikman got thrown into the fire right away. They They suffered through abysmal, abysmal rookie seasons. Now they're both in the Hall of Fame. So it depends on how much patience you're going to have with these kids too. You can't just throw them into the fire 
and then cut bait on them after a season or two. Yeah, and that's the problem. I think it's more about our society now in the, the now, 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 now instant gratification. Yeah, you have to build up to something. Yep. Of course, we can't get through the headlines in the NFL without controversy before we get to our fantasy football draft. First up, San Francisco 49ers CEO, Jed York, being sued for insider (sighs) trading involving a college exam cheating scandal. Again with the college cheating scandals. What the hell? Yeah, basically running a company or had his fingers in the pie in a company that was basically selling test results online. Absolute stupidity. This is so damn ridiculous. This is why they're doing away with these stupid tests. Well, the thing is, though, how many scandals involving mega rich people, in this case, of course, the CEO of the 49ers, do we have to go through? It's always the rich The folks. crypto stuff, you know, the Ponzi schemes. Yeah, first world problems, 1% problems, screwing everybody else. And then, of course, the big controversy of the week, which you have not been able to escape on the news for the last few days because Hollywood is involved. There was a big hit movie involved. The Blind Side, the story of Michael Orr. Yep. Uh, the beautiful story of him as a, a young black man being adopted by two white parents who motivated him, who got him through college and into a successful career in the pros. Well, now we're finding out, yes, the Cinderella story. It was more of a, more like a Cinderella story with the the. St- Stepmom and dad manipulating and controlling. Well, that's the one side of the story. That's one side. We will see how this plays out in the long run, kids. Yes, Michael Orr, as Dave said, is accusing the toys of, number one, not adopting him, but only getting conservatorship over him. Yeah, he signed a... the paperwork giving him conservatorship under the impression he was being adopted. Right. And that meant that they had control over his finances. And he claims, Michael Orr claims he never got any money from the blind side, the movie. Of course, massive hit movie with Sandra Bullock. Yeah. I believe it made about $250 million here yeah. in America and North America. Yeah. And if he didn't get a cut of that, then there's something wrong. But now the Tuies have come back and said, this is what he's been doing for the last handful of years. Since his career ended. This is a shakedown. He's always threatening to sue us because he wants more money. So again, he said, she said. Yep. Where does it end? Yep. And he's got a new book coming out too. I'm sure he got a healthy little advance for that one. So... Being the cynical bastard that I am, probably everybody's at fault. It's it's yeah, some it's, stage, at some point of the story here. They're 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 equally culpable in this mess. Yeah, completely believe that. 
But let's leave the negativity behind. Oh, wait, no. It's no. just getting <laughs> ramped up, kids. All right. So your Uncle Dave and I shifting here, trying to keep the microphone still within shouting distance as we turn behind us and look at 15 glorious rounds, or depending on who you are, maybe <laughs> pathetic, halfway decent rounds of our 2023 fantasy football draft before you criticize number one it's only an eight team league we've already explained a very loyal very smart eight team league and number two why did we draft so early because it is extremely hard for us to get these Everybody eight people together. together we don't do weekends so it's got to be monday through thursday in august and we got we got guys who have to travel Right. As parts of their job. So we go early so we can have a later backup date if something falls through. And luckily this year it did not. So as I mentioned, we <clears> drafted <throat> this past Monday, August the 14th. Now, as I look at the board, Dave and I have already kind of discussed a little bit of how we felt about our drafts and how we felt about the draft overall. I will say this. Now we can let our secrets go. Although maybe I shouldn't let my secrets go in case no, somebody from work. Somebody from work is <laughs> listening. Now they in. want to start a fantasy league. No, it's fine. The the I thought the thing that screwed me up on my team was I thought there was more running back depth than there actually was. When I did a test draft <laughs> the previous weekend. I had my pick of running backs. I had Joe Mixon. I had Alexander Madison. I mean, I, I was rolling with the running backs because I know, I'll tell you this right now, kids, if you have a PPR league like we do, I will say I don't like the wide receiver depth at all. You better no. get at least one of the top five or six, at least one of them, and then you better get another one in the top 20 because after that, it's trash. Because I don't even like any of my receivers after my first one. I got Tyreek Hill in the first round. I picked seventh out of the eight. The rest of them, I'm hoping two of them pan out. Let's put it that way. I've got Chris Olave, Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Cooks, Kadarius Toney, and Terry McLaurin. Yep. I've got to have at least two of them pan out. Yeah. I took two in the first four rounds. So I first round I picked running back Austin Eckler. Then I Great pick. Yeah. Great pick. Then picked up Devontae Adams in the second round and then Devonta Smith in the fourth. And in between I got Mr. Hertz as my quarterback. And I like that pick a lot too. I do. I do. Um, and I was just glad that when it came back around, I still had Joe Burrow as an option. Um, because to me, he was about the last good one left. I mean, for fantasy numbers. Yeah, I wouldn't have minded having Justin Herbert, who went, I think, about uh, eight or nine picks later. The thing is, our number one pick went to Doug. And Doug, as always, will throw curveballs at us. <laughs> Yes. He just, he's a brand new grandpa, sweetest guy in the world, but sometimes but. he does some things. So Dave gets Austin Eckler with the fourth pick in the first round. Why? 
because Doug led off by taking Saquon Barkley. The first round was very bizarre. Let's put it that way. Let me let me recap this for you, kids. And again, this is going to be another point where you are going to try to mock us. And in this case, probably should. So Doug takes Saquon Barkley ahead of Austin Eckler, ahead of Christian McCaffrey. Ahead of Justin Jefferson. Ahead of Justin Jefferson. Nick, smartly at number two, takes Justin Jefferson. No-brainer. Obviously, I wish I would have taken the second pick. It came down, we do the choose for pick slot. Yes. And I had a choice at the end between picking second or picking seventh. And I decided to opt with seven. If I'd known Justin Jefferson was going to be there at two, I would have taken two. But then Sam, because he's got a man crush on Patrick Mahomes, yes, never take a quarterback in the first round unless your name is Sam. Takes Patrick Mahomes. So then that lets Austin Eckler. Eckler fall to me. Then things settled down a little bit more where we had Jamar Chase go fifth to Aaron. Bill asking us, is something wrong with Christian McCaffrey? And we're like, not yet. Not yet. He's the China doll. Something will be at some point this season. So Bill takes him at six. I was kind of hoping he would have doubts. Yeah. And I would have taken him at seven. As I mentioned, I get Tyreek Hill at seven. And then Jen on the serpentine at the end takes Josh Allen because she's got a crush on Josh Allen. The Bills are her team. And then takes a little bit of a gamble, although fourth running back picked. We'll see <laughs> Bijan Robinson with the Falcons. Yep. So then, of course, we go through and we'll, we'll tell you about the highlights. Yep. As, as Aaron was sitting there, oh, lo and behold, as he's ready to pick, he sees Dalvin Cook. Well, he took Dalvin Cook knowing he was going to get signed at some point. He had point. just been – no, he had just been or signed. he had just been signed. Literally yeah. minutes before we started the draft, the news broke that Dalvin Cook had been signed by the Jets. And the thing is, if you look at Nick's team, Nick took Brees Hall. Right. And then I think the news broke. And then the news broke. And then that's when Aaron jumped on Dalvin Cook in the seventh round. Yeah, three rounds later. Whereas Nick took Brees Hall in the fourth round. So it's going to happen. It doesn't matter when you draft. It doesn't matter if you draft early right. in the, the month. It doesn't matter if you draft late in the month. Something like this is going to happen. And then again, just before he picked in the uh what was it 13th round he saw the news broke that zeke elliott signed with the jets so he jumped on zeke yep and again screwing nick because nick also in the seventh round drafted ramondre stevenson of the patriots so those two had a nice little battle going yes with breaking headlines now, I will say, I don't normally like to do this. Critique the drafts? No, critiquing my draft. I'm oh. not going to critique everybody else's draft. That's not right. That's not fair. I'm, I'm over that. I'm sure I've done it in the past, but I'm a kinder, gentler maestro now than my older age. No, I'm going <laughs> to critique my own draft and say, I have never, I don't think I've ever drafted a tight end as high as I did 
but Travis it's, Kelsey was sitting out there, <clears throat> second pick of the second round. I figured again, plug and play. I don't have to unless yeah, he gets you don't injured. Have to worry, right? And then I did the same thing with defense in the sixth round. I was the first one to pull the trigger on a defense. San Francisco to me, far and away the best defense. They were great for me last year. Plug and play, let it go. Now, of course, maybe that hurt me. Again, I'm whining about the depth at running backs. I let a lot of good running backs slide by. At that point, I only had Tony Pollard. Yeah, because you lost Najee Harris, Jamar Gibbs. Now, Najee Harris, I wasn't going to pick him because yeah. he screwed me last year. Yeah, Cam Akers, Ramonde Stevenson, Damian Pierce. Oh, no, those were after. Oh, yeah, the after. No, no, no those were all before I picked. Yeah. My second. Yeah. They were after San Francisco. Right. But before I picked my second. Now, I don't have a problem with my second. I'm telling you, I got two sleeper picks that I love, love, love. Alexander Madison was my second running back from the Vikings. That man is going to be a stud. I'm telling you, with no Dalvin Cook now, he's the man in Minnesota. And then, God help me, I picked a second tight end because <laughs> Evan Ingram, I don't understand why he's ranked so low after the he's year solid. he had last year. He's solid. I might actually play two tight ends this year. In the flex, I might play a second tight end instead of playing go. a third running back or a third wide receiver. Some of the other things, just observations here. Um, in terms of backup quarterbacks, I think a backup quarterback is extremely important. I will say I got the last good one. Well, no, I guess not because no. Dak Prescott, I can't believe Dak Prescott slipped to the 13th round. I got Daniel Jones in the 11th. Yeah, don't, don't, I, I took Don't take it the wrong way, but I would never have taken Russell Wilson. I'm never. I'm banking on never. Peyton getting things never. right in that organization. Never. never. And, so. and Doug taking Brock Purdy. Are you freaking kidding me? I love the guy. I'm rooting for him, but as a but, fantasy quarterback? No. Come on. No. No. And then Nick, he takes the gamble on Anthony Richardson as his backup to yep. Justin Herbert. I would never have done that. He, that before it was announced he was going to start. Yeah, still. Even if he'd known yeah. he was a starter, no way in hell. I would have taken Bryce Young before him. And I wouldn't really have wanted to take Bryce Young either. Yeah. Well, I've got six weeks to figure out who I really want because that's what the waiver wire is all about. Yes. Yep. Yeah, you're going to try and to And that's fix... why my last three picks was my backup quarterback, well, my defense, and my kicker. And that's the way you should do it. That's the way you should do it. Um, yes, <laughs> I know I jumped the gun early on the defense, but that but let me open there. up everything else for the rest of my draft. I didn't have to worry about it. Um, even taking a kicker in the 13th round, little early, but... I just didn't like anything that was left on the board, so why not take the what third or fourth best kicker? Yeah. Um, who took Justin Tucker went in the ninth. Yeah, as the first kicker, and then Tyler Bass the Bill <laughs> in the same round later on. Just uh, I don't know. 
I don't know. Every here's the thing: everybody's going to have their personal preferences in two ways. Number one, players they just like, which they should never draft in fantasy football. But players that if they think like I did, I'll take the risk with Madison. I'll take the risk with Ingram. Other people might look at me and go, "You're crazy." I don't like them. Well, I I think they're going to be good fantasy sleepers this year. Well, See, everybody, just, when I picked Pacheco for Kansas City, everybody think, asked me, who the hell is that? You, yeah, you should not beat yourself but no, up. no, he is their main yeah. guy. And the way he played in the Super Bowl showed what he's capable of. I had him penciled in a little further down if I could get him towards the middle of the draft. No, I, and I think you're beating yourself up over that pick, and you should not. I think that was a fine pick. I don't have a problem with that pick at all. There's many of many other picks out there that are like, yeah, yeah, and of course, Dave, of course, screws me the one time. Thought I was going to get through the draft <laughs> without getting hosed. Dave got. Uh, I was hoping in the eleventh round that uh, George Pickens would swing back to me. No, but no, Dave got him three picks before I I got to draft, so I had to go with Daniel Jones as my backup quarterback. I think George Pickens is an awesome pick. I didn't understand why Aaron, of all people, who has a bunch of fantasy teams, yeah. does a bunch of drafts, took Deontay Johnson over George Pickens. Over Pickens, that boggled my mind. Yeah, I think Pickens has got a, a much better chance of succeeding with Kenny Pickett over Deontay Johnson. But all right, kids, there you go. Give you a little insight into what we were thinking when we drafted what we did, what we didn't do, learn from our mistakes, learn the lessons. And let's face it, you can have the greatest plan ever. Injuries will screw you? No, as soon as the draft starts, it's blown up. Well, I'm saying after the draft, you're still going to have to, like you said, get on the waiver wire, adjust, be flexible. If somebody sucks through three or four weeks, there's a lot of people are going to say, no, no, stick with them. No, you no, cut them. Cut them. Cut them. Cut bait. If there's somebody out there you can get who's better, take the do hot it. hand. Do it. Do not gamble on somebody bouncing back in the second half of the season. That's not going to happen. But, yeah, I would say this is not my favorite team I've ever drafted, but not my worst. Kind of in the middle. Yeah. Kind of in the middle. It's halfway decent. But, again, how will I adjust? How will you adjust? How will the other six members of the sports frenzy panel adjust. Well, we know Doug won't, but no. <laughs> <laughs> the other seven. Every everybody else tends to play the waivers <laughs> quite frequently. Yep. It had to kill Doug that he couldn't get Justin Fields. I'm surprised. No, I, know. I thought he might go one to second or third. Yeah. yeah. Doug had the last pick in the second round, first pick in the third. Fields was sitting out there. I thought for sure Doug would take him. And I think Doug's got a, a thing for Cole Komet. Yeah, I think so. Eighth round, Cole. Again, I know I'm I'm going nutsy cuckoo over Evan Ingram, but look who went after Cole Komet, kids. Dave took Kyle I, Pitts. I took Pitts before Komet. Aaron took. Okay, so that was swinging around. Okay, so yeah. the Serpentine. But still, I still think Evan Ingram's going to be better than Cole Komet. Yep. Arguably, Pat Fryermuth is going to be better than Cole Komet. 
Now, do I hope Komet plays up to the contract extension? Absolutely. Do I think he will? No. Jury's out. No, I don't think so. All right, kids. Again, hope you enjoyed it. We've got plenty of other sports topics to get to, so segment one is over. Stay tuned. Segment two coming up after this quick little break. Feeling mildly fatigued? Need a day off even if you just took one a few days ago? Make $30 million a year but just don't want to work for it? You need to join the NBA Load Management Club right now. When they're not napping or texting, guest lecturers Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving will describe foolproof ways to earn tens of thousands of dollars by not doing anything. Sports Frenzy 2.0, available on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, is currently negotiating with LeBron James to bring his popular How to Make the Hall of Fame Without Really Trying webinar live and in person to the Load Management Club. Thanks again to Sports Frenzy 2.0 and all you apathetic fans out there for making us a success. Ho, ho, segment two of Sports Frenzy 2.0 here recording Wednesday, August 16th, 2023, dropping on Thursday the 17th. Here we are getting ready to talk baseball on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Amazon, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher for just a few more weeks. Just, I mean, literally, I I think next week is the last one where we can actually officially list them. Because then the following week, they're going to be done. They're going to be done. So we, ah. My heart is broken for losing Stitcher. Stitcher! (laughs) Wherefore art thou, Stitcher? All right, baseball. I don't know if there's a ton to talk about here. You know, (sighs) we got our teams. We'll discuss them. Couple of headlines. Wow, um, the the Rays taking a beating in this last week. Yeah, yeah. We mentioned last week that they were shutting down their ace in the pitching rotation. Yeah, now Shane McClanahan, Tommy John surgery. Yep, is what he has to go through, and then controversy around Wander Franco. And we still don't know the full story, but it sounds really bad. Yeah, there's social media posts of him with his arm around a young lady who's supposedly under 18, and he's kissing her on the cheek. Okay, I had not heard that. That's one of the reports I had read. So they're trying to investigate the relationship. So Franco's 22. How old is she? But it, it all right. If if, if what she's you're seventeen, saying, it's a five year difference. I no, we're yeah. But, the, but here's the thing: he's kissing her on the cheek. Exactly. He's Maybe not she was a his fan. hands down her shirt or her pants. No, it's a. I don't know what the hell's going. That's one report I read. There's no picture. Everything has been taken down. So nobody knows what the hell's really going on at this point. Well, that's the thing. We have been kept in the dark 
on this whole situation. All we've heard is Wander Franco is being investigated. He's on the restricted list. The Dominican Republic is investigating him yeah. for something. And then when I heard that, I'm like, okay, this is very, very bad. Yeah, this is. But I had not heard about this picture. If this is the that's, only thing they're going on, they better have more than this. They better have they better more than be this. More. Because if this is all they've got, that's horseshit. Yeah, I have. Yeah, they're really hush hush with this. There had better be more than just this picture. But yes, yeah, social media posts once again get a hope a high profile athlete or celebrity in trouble. What have I been saying for the last how many years? Social media, the downfall of civilization. Yes, I agree completely. Agree completely. And damn you, Ted Turner, to hell for creating the 24-hour news cycle, you son of a bitch. <laughs> We've got the Phillies recently acquired Michael Lorenzen throwing a no-hitter last week when we were taping. Yep. On was... the 9th of August, he throws a no-hitter. They kept him out there for, I believe, right around 130 pitches, Oof. which you never, you ever never. hear anymore. No. Never. No. Because of what happened years ago with Johan Santana yep. with the Mets, where they let him stay out there forever. And get... he was never the same after nope, that. Never, ever the same. The Los Angeles Dodgers in the middle of a ridiculous hot streak. Good Lord. Also retired number 34 in honor of one Fernando Valenzuela. Good for him. So what's next? The Tigers going to retire Mark Fidrich's jersey? <laughs> the bird. I mean, this is getting... I mean, I'm not saying I... I understand the importance of the myth of Fernando Valenzuela, and he was a good pitcher for a couple years. Yeah. But come on. this We're getting to the point now. We're going to retire Everybody, everybody's freaking number. You're you're gonna you're gonna have to start seeing triple digits on guys' jerseys, and the first team that's gonna have to do it's the Yankees. Yeah, although the way they're playing, not for a while, <laughs> not for a while, because they're not gonna be retiring anybody's jersey anytime soon. I love seeing the Yankees at 500. God, that just makes me so happy. In last place in the AL East, that's a beautiful thing. So now, before we disparage other teams, we should talk about ours. Yes, I need to disparage my own team. I need to disparage your team. Yeah, the bastards hosed me last night. This week for our baseball picks, the Cubs are playing the Sox and the Royals. Should have been an easy sweep for both teams. But no, the Cubs have to blow it and let the Sox win game one of their little series. Yeah, and of course, over the weekend, Ugh. the Sox your, your get Sox, swept by the Brewers. Yeah, couldn't help out the Cubs. Oh, they, they tried to win, but their bullpen and everybody let them down as usual. So the Sox sitting in fourth in the abysmal AL Central, 14 and a half back at 48 and 72. 100 losses. It's you, potential. You're looking at 100 losses? 
for a team that was supposed to have run away with the Central? I mean, we know, we know the Royals and the A's are going to lose 100. Yeah. The Rockies could lose 100. After that, it's a crapshoot. It's you're a crapshoot. But again, once we get into September, they've altered the schedule, but not not enough to the point where you're still going to play teams in your own division. Yeah, we so, got one bright spot going right now. Luis Roberts sitting fourth in the home run chase with 32 behind uh, overall. What, what Matt Olson. The Olson overall. First. Yeah, Olson, Olson for Atlanta's got 43. Otani's at 42. Right. So. And Robert got off to a slow start. Yeah, the Cubs kind of not scuffling right now, but playing 500 ball over the last week or so, um, which is fine. They were on a road trip. They won two out of three in Toronto, but then before that lost two out of three to the Mets. How do you do that? But then, of course, as you mentioned, they come home and they get beat first game out by the White Sox. So, as we tape, the Cubs are at 61 and 58, tied for second with the Reds in the NL Central. Not much better than the AL Central. No. Three and a half games behind the Brewers. One game, more importantly, behind the Miami Marlins for that final wild card spot which just a few short days ago they had. Ah! Ah! The dog days of summer. And now, of course, Stroman had a setback. Yep, soft cartilage issue in his ribs. They better not re-sign him. This is exactly what I expected from Stroman. See, now this Knowing is, his history, this he has little pockets, little moments, half seasons where he looks phenomenal, but you cannot depend. Max Scherzer, for the awful, awful year he supposedly had for the Mets, between the Mets and the Rangers, he's going to end up leading the majors in wins by the time he's done this year, combined with, with the Mets and the Rangers. It's ridiculous. It but, oh, he had a terrible year. Oh, and Marcus Stroman was going to win the Cy Young halfway through the season. Till his hip flared up. No, this is actually good for the Cubs for next year because he his lack of durability, he's not going to get the big contract. So he's not, he shouldn't opt out. So yeah, the he Cubs, does have an option. But he has an option, option, a player option. That's why I figured if he would opt out. The way he was going. Now... There's no reason for him to opt out because he's not going to get a big contract coming off of this year. He's going to need to prove himself throughout next year that he could be reliable. And that'd be fine because then the rotation stays the same because we still have Tyone, Hendricks, Stroman, and Steele. Yep. Which I'd be and then give the money to Bellinger, try to sign him since he's to me proven himself. Now, am I giving him 30 million a year? No. no. But if he wants a three-year deal at $60, 65000000 million, I'd give it to him. Yeah. Because the Hayward money finally comes off the – for the most part. There's still a deferred $5 million next oh, year. Oh, for the love of I God. Know. It's like the Bobby Bonilla thing. It just, <laughs> it's the it'll gift never that keeps go on giving. Away. It'll never go away. It's the thing that would not die. 
All right, that's it for baseball, kids. There's not enough to continue. Yeah, I mean, other than this, the Orioles are still playing well. The Rangers, the Astros. I mean, nothing has really shifted or changed that much where we need to get into it this week. No, not at all. So let's move on to the big story in college football, which is the rejection by the NCAA of Jim Harbaugh's four-game suspension. Now things get ugly. Yes, yes it does. Because it ain't about a hot dog, kids. As the NCAA says, what did he really do with how many how many violations were there that we don't know about? And why? Because we're going to get to the AP poll that just came out here in a few minutes. Why is the AP poll still ranking Michigan so high knowing this black cloud is looming over that program? Well, they're saying that the hearing's not going to take place until after the first of the year. So he's probably going to be coaching this entire season. And then he can retire before everything breaks. Or go to the pros. Or go to the pros. Yeah, see. So he's going to fall ass backwards out of everything. I know his tenure started out rough. And then he finally, finally brought the program up to where he he was promising them he could take them. He finally did. Didn't get a national championship. I mean, you got the Alabama-Georgia SEC roadblock there. Right. But next to them, he was probably the best program along with Clemson. But, yeah, we we talked about – And we talked about not just with now the latest – issues with the the recruiting stuff but he was flirting with the vikings on recruiting Recruiting day day. last year yeah so did he know something was coming down the line or maybe he's not the the oh shucks i'm wearing my you know khaki dockers all the time type of guy and maybe he's an asshole like a rick patino or a bob huggins there maybe there's skeletons in the closet we don't know about but you're right He's got a golden parachute. Yeah. Especially if, like you said, if the the hearing's going to be delayed throughout the entire season, he can bail after this year, go to the pros. Somebody will be desperate enough to throw money at him and take him in the NFL. You know damn well. Yeah, he somebody's going to jump on it. Yeah. Who knows? Could be the Bears. Could be the Bears. God. If Eberflus sucks this year with his non-personality and the lack of enthusiasm and excitement he brings to that program with yeah, the Bears. I could see Ursay pulling the trigger to try and get him, too. But after one year, even Ursay, I don't see Ursay firing. It would have to be an awful. I mean, they'd have to go like 1-16, in 16, and I don't think that's going to happen. You brought you in the, the hot young offensive coordinator from the Eagles, Steichen. I, I don't see – it's just bad timing. We see it yeah. all the time. It's bad timing. Yes, I agree. Ursay would be the first one to be salivating at the idea of having Harbaugh. It's bad timing, though, for him. Yeah. It's better timing for the Bears. Just saying. Now, of course, it the could Bears, be interesting. being the cheap asses that they are – Wouldn't do it. No, they'll go with the assistant defensive coordinator for Northwestern before they'd go with Jim Harbaugh. 
Because that's the kind of wonderful organization we root for. Yeah, that's that's Chicago sports in a nutshell. As I mentioned, the AP poll came out. We had the coaches' poll results last week. This week, it's the AP poll. Nothing again. I don't know why we have to have why? all these goddamn polls because they're all the same. Why? Notre Dame thirteenth last week. They're thirteenth this week. Why do we even do it preseason? It's all bullshit. There should be no polls until you're five weeks into the season where you see how everybody's performing after the cupcake games are over and you're starting to get into actual conference games. Yeah, I agree. I'm to, I'm to the point where I'm – and now they're talking about we're going to have to revamp the playoffs. They're getting together in two weeks. There's, we haven't even done, gotten to the 12 team yet. How are you going to do this? That's what they're saying. Now, with this meeting in two weeks and with the, the imminent collapse of the Pac-12, because right now the pattern that they had agreed upon, they can still tweak it. That's what this meeting's about. The 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 agreement was 6-6. Six, six. six champions from the top six conferences and six at Wild large. cards. What, yeah, whatever you want to call them. Now, are they going to sh- shift it to 5-7? And now I'm hearing pushback is coming from the Big Ten and the oh, SEC well. saying they want just the big, the best 12. And that's, no, that's, that's going to squeeze bullshit. out all the other schools. That's bullshit. You'll never get a Mountain West team in. You'll never get anybody outside of the four remaining right. big conferences. Out of the main conferences in Division One, you take all the div- all the champions from all the conferences. Screw everything else. No, they they're never ever ever going to do that, and you know that. No, they're not. No, taking because the that big, makes the most sense. They're not going to take the champion from the Big Sky. They're not going to take the champion from the MAC. You know. But now. Their hand is forced with the collapse of the Pac-12. So maybe they take the Mountain West champion. You don't take four teams out of the Big Ten. You don't take four teams out of the fucking SEC. That's you don't what they take want. four teams out of the ACC or the Big 12. Fuck that. That's what they want. That oh, is, I know that's what they just, want. You, you want the big money boys yep, wanting to exactly step up. said no, what the no, scenario is they no. want. Absolutely not. Although, I will say this. The Big Ten and the SEC would say, fuck the ACC and fuck the Big 12. We want 6622. Yes. Screw 5-5. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. They just want all their teams considered and screw the rest. They don't care about the People don't want to see all the damn rematches in the playoffs that you had in the regular season. We're sick of that shit. And by the way, I do actually serve as an accountant in my real life job. I do math really well, obviously. As I said, six six two two, 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 two. equals twelve. <laughs> yeah. And I speak real pretty too. Four four two two. <laughs> oh Jesus. Yeah. That's a shining moment in my life. I'll never get back. Four four two two. <laughs> You guys know what I'm getting at. You know it. Stop being fault finders. You know what my point was. But yeah, we'll see in this meeting in two weeks. Oh my God, it's going to be a cluster. What they're going to do. 
I hope they go 5-7. I hope that's what they end up going with, is the 5-7 or the even a 4-8 model I could live with. But you can't just go with a free-for-all of 12 teams because then you're just going to have SEC, Big Ten, maybe a couple ACC, and a couple Big 12, and everybody else is going to get gonna shut gonna out. It's just going to be stupid. They made a good point in the article I read about this where they said, Tulane beat USC last year, right? Yeah. Yet right now, as the preseason poll sits, Tulane is well over 10 spots below USC. How hard would it be for US or Tulane to fight their way up through these, again, as you said, ridiculous preseason rankings to try to get into that top 12? If there is no automatic bid for their conference... Yeah. This whole thing is just stupid. The The rankings have been a f- pathetic as far back as college football. Yeah. Ties it's a for the joke. championship. It is an absolute joke, the way things have always been done in college. All right, let's move on to golf. We seem to be talking a lot more golf over the last year or so. Well, that's because there's been a lot of controversy. Well, I bet you that we're talking about Phil Mickelson right now. You know, I bet you're right. How, how, how many millions and billions has he bet over the years? Well, that's the point of contention here. Story comes out, Phil Mickelson. Story comes from, of course, a professional gambler that he kind of partnered with over the years that Phil Mickelson had bet over those 30 years, $1 billion, with a B, billion dollars. Tried to bet on the 2012 Ryder Cup, which he was participating in. Tried to drop a $400,000 bet on that. Dude, seriously, come on. You got a problem at that point. And this professional gambler that he was paired up with, suggests that Mickelson lost as much as $100 million betting. But if he bet a billion... And only lost $100 million, Must have done pretty good. He's not doing bad. Now, is the $100 million his overall losses? Is Could he be. down $100 Could million? Be because maybe that's why he had to take the live golf money. Maybe. Maybe he had the live golf money to pay off to... If he lost a hundred million, I know I was thinking the same thing, the same exact thing. If you lost that much money, Phil, if you're in the hole over 30 years, a hundred million, you got some serious fucking problems and need to reevaluate your life choices. Yeah. And you, you guys can go look up the article. I won't get into much more detail on it, but it details how much he was betting on all sports, baseball, football. And it sounds like he is, a problem gambler. Let's put it that way. He has a problem. He is addicted to gambling. Yeah. Based on what I read in this article. The boy's got issues. Fallout continues at ESPN. After settling a lawsuit against the mothership, Sage Steele says, See ya! Peace I'm out, out, bitches. And of course... She says, I would like to now be able to exercise my First Amendment rights 
shocking that uh, ESPN and the mouse house, the rat, would not let her speak her mind because they love to squash certain opinions while emphasizing certain others. Yeah. First Amendment, asshats. Speaking of First Amendment, I guess you can say whatever you want about your owner, the guy who's signing your paychecks, wherever you want, because James Harden, of course, we love James Harden here on this show, lazy, can't perform in the playoffs, but somehow gets traded from town to town to city to city. Making millions upon millions upon millions. And then after games, goes out to strip clubs, drinks, shows up at practice out of shape, lazy, doesn't care, overweight. Well, now that the Philadelphia 76ers have withdrawn James Harden from the trade market because obviously nobody wants his stupid ass. There was one team that wanted him, and because there was no leverage, right. there was no other team that wanted him. The Clippers were the one team that was wanted to tra- wanted to trade for him, but they were offering you know basically peanuts. a bag of yeah, literally peanuts, a bag of Alpo and some peanuts, and of course. Daryl Morey, the owner of the 76ers, said, well, I'm not that dumb. I'm dumb enough to have traded for this guy, but I'm not so dumb as to give him away for nothing. Withdraws James Harden from the trade market. So, James Harden comes out and calls Daryl Morey a liar. And I believe this actually happened in China. Yeah, he was over in China. Gee, again. NBA in China. What's the difference with live golf. Yep. So James Harden. He has nobody to blame but himself for being lazy, underperforming, and greedy. Nobody wants to deal with his headache. And the really sad thing is, the really, really sad thing is, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame. God. Basically a compiler. Basically a stats compiler. Yeah. No championships, no legendary playoff performances or appearances. Nope, just compiling stats. Yep. By hanging around, just being mediocre. Again, a compiler. Yeah. Started out great, and then, oh, I'm so good, I don't have to do anything. So, you know, they talk about baseball, the Baseball Hall of Fame having a separate branch for the steroid users. Basketball should have a separate branch in the Hall of Fame for, the for James Harden and Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard. Put those guys in a separate Hall of Fame apart from the- Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Wilt Chamberlain, Dr. J. They don't belong in the same Hall of Fame. No, no. Larry no. Bird, Magic Johnson, they don't belong with those players. Not even close. But they're all going to get in the Hall of Fame because they're compilers. They couldn't carry the aforementioned jock straps. But again, this is the the game that basketball, <clears throat> professional basketball, has now become. All right, so I haven't done a Clint Eastwood badass in a while in sports. I found one this week to close out segment two. All right, do tell. Somebody who I kind of think 
we've in a way modeled our podcast after. Now, when we started on cable access, we were kind of modeling ourselves after the sports reporters and Saturday Night Live. We had right. an opening comedy skit, and then we would go straight into the sports, sports discussion. Yeah. Now, as we've evolved over the years and added a little bit more racy behavior and language. We've lost the ability to do our fun little skits that were the highlight of the show. Right. Now, as podcasting has become big, I like to think maybe we're a little bit like Barstool Sports. So, of course, the man who founded Barstool Sports is one Dave Portnoy. Dave Portnoy is controversial, to say the least. Who is A little isn't? bit rude, a little bit crude. That's why we like him. He sold Barstool Sports a while back. Yes, I for remember. For $551 million. Okay? Now, that yep. in and of itself could make him... A badass. Dude. A Clint Eastwood badass. But it but gets wait, better. There's more. Recently. This is brilliant. Recently. He bought back his his brainchild. Barstool Sports. He got it back. Claiming he will never let it go again. You know, I don't know how much he paid to get it back, kids, after selling it for $551 million. One fucking dollar four quarters you want to talk about a badass you can hate him you can love him you gotta respect the hell out of the business acumen on this one so dave portnoy is my sports clint eastwood badass of the week good call all right two segments down one left of course NASCAR coming up. Then, of course, Moments we've got Moments of some... silence and some dumbasses. Yep. So, of course, as always, after a quick promo break, Dave and I will be back to wrap up yet another wonderful extravaganza this week's Sports Frenzy 2.0. We'll be right back. Are you having trouble falling asleep behind the wheel of your expensive SUV? Are you finding difficulty in avoiding golf clubs thrown at you by your angry wife as you pull out of the driveway? Sign up today for the Tiger Woods Driving School, sponsored by Sports Frenzy 2.0. We'll show you how to text ladies of the night while still driving effectively in the wee hours of the morning. We'll also teach you how to ditch a suspicious backpack when you end up driving into a ditch. Check out Sports Frenzy 2.0 on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, for updates on our latest classes, including how to curse and swear in front of uptight golf fans and their children and still be adored by millions. The Tiger Woods Driving School. It's great. All right, kids, it's time for the third and final segment. Yes, I know you're heartbroken that the latest weekly episode of Sports Frenzy 2.0 is coming to an end here within the next 20 to 30 minutes. But life is full of disappointments. Yes, yes, it is. Just ask Chase Elliott. 
Just ask us for picking AJ Allmendinger. Fuck you, Allmendinger, yeah. you dipshit. He acted like he didn't even care. I watched the first half of the race. It's he didn't good, qualify good. well. We're talking, of course, about last weekend's race at the Indianapolis Road Course, where Dave and I agreed we thought AJ Allmendinger, was, previous winner there, yeah, was going to give it his all to sneak in to the chase. Yeah. Nope. Nothing. Terrible effort. Didn't act like he cared. Spun out halfway through the race. Put himself in the back of the pack. A miserable, miserable effort from him. Absolutely miserable. Absolutely freaking pathetic. And now, is now he has to win. Because he had a shot of getting in on points if he'd put out a really good performance and picked up some stage points at Indy. Now he's so far back. He was a he's useless to piece win. of garbage. He's going to have to win at Watkins Glen. And there's no way in hell I'm trusting him after that awful no. performance. No, 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 no. But we will recap that race outside of our bitterness for A.J. Allmendinger, give you some headlines, and then we will pick the penultimate race of the regular season for the Cup Boys in NASCAR. Poll for the Indianapolis Road Course went to one Daniel Suarez. But in the end, the dominant driver was not Tyler Reddick, was not Chase Elliott, was not Daniel Suarez. Was not SVG from down under. Although he put he put he ran really well. Not a bad showing. We'll have more on him in a minute. Michael McDowell who recently, you could say it was a good thing, you can say it was a bad thing, had his contract option picked up. Yep, front row, keeping him around for next year. So what does he do? He rewards them and himself by going out and getting this win in a pretty damn dominant way. So he is in the playoffs now. So we have, by my count, 13 winners, Shane Van Gisbergen does not count. Right, since he's not running a full season. Right, so you've got three guys in on points right now. You have Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, and Bubba Wallace is now the one on the bubble. Yep. Waiting for the results coming out of Watkins Glen. And, of course, Bubba Wallace does not usually run road courses very well. He put up a decent effort here at Indianapolis. He, he stayed out of trouble. Everybody in front of him did better than AJ Allmendinger. Exactly. I mean, let's. Joey Logano was almost a one-man wrecking crew yes, in that he was. race. He yes, was an he abs was. absolute disaster on the road course. Yep. And of course, we had a panel member that picked him, so. Yep. That did not go well. We're still looking at three of our of our eight panel members with two races to go on the outside looking in. So we're still debating, possibly changing the rules for next year. Not this year. Not this year. I still don't like this, though. I got to be honest with you. I still don't like it. I... There are always losers in life. There are winners and there are losers. In this case, we have three losers. But, but we have a way to counter that. I know. Reward the winners 
We have without a way, punishing the losers. We have a way to counter any potential changes. And of course, Dave and I, who've been running this ship for thirty years, will figure it out. We always do because we should be running everything in the world anyway. Damn, Skippy! All right, we mentioned Shane Van Gisbergen. Officially released from his contract today. Trackhouse on the verge of signing him full-time for next year. For that a full will be cup interesting. Run. That could be fun. That a three-car team for Trackhouse. Yep, he won the Chicago Street Course race, and he finished in the top ten here at mm -hmm. our last race at the Indy Road Course. Yep. Release from his supercar contract. Yep. So, yeah, very interesting. I, I think he liked NASCAR rules where you're allowed to use your bumper to shift people out of the way, which is illegal in supercar. You can side bump, but you can't use the front bumper. He'll be a nice welcome addition. He will. I, I like the thought of that. Bring more of an international flair. And already he's he's shown a better level of success than a lot of guys who've got full-time rides in the Cup Series right now. Absolutely. Speaking of which, I still have not got firm 100% confirmation on this. I know you're going to say you have it, but... We talked about the controversy with Noah Gregson. I still have not seen 100% for sure that he's been released. He asked for his release, but I don't I know. Thought I've, seen, I've seen contradictory stories. Hmm. You'll see some that say he has been released, others that say no, that's never been confirmed <clears throat> by legacy. I don't know. Well... We'll figure it out at some point. William Byron did not have a great weekend at Indianapolis. No. Failed inspection three times, which basically meant he lost his crew chief, lost pit selection, had to start at the back, and serve a pass-through penalty. Boo-hoo-hoo. -hoo. So uh, William Byron, who's locked into the chase, Gee, not, gee, more more issues from uh, Hendrick not being able to get through an inspection and having some issues? Hmm. Well, they've got enough to worry about with the fact that Bowman and Elliott are basically in win-and-get-in win situations. Yeah. You know? yeah. So who are they going to put, put the emphasis towards? Two races left. Kevin Harvick says... He's been racing with broken ribs for quite a while. Yes, I heard that report. Explains some of the subpar drives that he's had. But I think this week, if math serves me right, of course, I screwed up the math in the college football segment completely. Six, but, six, two, two. Yeah, <laughs> equal 12. <laughs> but I think... If he can survive this weekend, he somebody should. somebody new doesn't win, he's in. Let's put it that way. Somebody new does not win, he's in. 
or if somebody new does win, he has to put up some points. Right, right. And then Bubba Wallace gets to be the one on the outside looking in. Yep. And of course, so pretty much Harvick has to finish ahead of Bubba. And then Keselowski's the meat in that sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> There's an ugly thought. That's not pretty. <laughs> not pretty at all. All right, real uh, quick, before we move mm-hmm. on to race 25 of the Cup Series, we've got to talk about SRX, their penultimate race for this six-race season. Yep. And number one, shame on ESPN. I I just knew, they I just knew the rat. Would find a way to F it up. They should have stayed on Saturday night with CBS. Coverage broke from ESPN2 to ESPN1 after they were already into the second heat race. So if you had it set on your DVRs like some of us did, you did not get the beginning of the Eldora race, the SRX fifth race of the season. The first one of the year on dirt. Oh, ESPN Thursday Night Thunder's back, multi-year deal. Blah, 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 except if we have overage. Yes. Why didn't they move the other coverage to? Uh, yeah, and I won't the come deuce. in your mouth, you know, all that great stuff. Yeah. Jesus, God. So I turn on the DVR, and they're already into the second heat race. They're saying Tony Stewart won the first one. The second one, they're saying he's in the lead after starting seventh. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, that's not, that There's doesn't make any sense. There's 12 cars in the field. How can he, he's supposed to go to the back in the second heat if he won the first. Well, it turns out, again, we missed the fact that five cars wrecked out, so seventh was last yeah. for the second heat. Great. Thanks for letting us see it, rats. And then, of course, he ends up dominating the night winning the feature, which you would expect at Eldora. Which is the track he owns, and he pretty much grew up running dirt. So I don't want to take away from Tony Stewart's dominant weekend but again it would have been nice to have seen it ESPN in its entirety it barely acknowledges the fact they have srx on in the first year of the deal yeah no coverage on the website at all no no link nothing, nothing. it's a shameful shameful way to run your business you are supposed to cover all sports i would think especially ones that, that you, you have are. on your your main channel when you're not preempting it for, I think, maybe it was a Little League World Series. I don't know. But if you don't cover all the sports with some level of equality, you're not a sports network. You're a biased network only covering those sports that give you money. You're starting to sound like a goddamn politician, ESPN. Just remember... It was auto racing and the fringe sports that made you what you are. Great point. Great point. Back in the day, you, you I mean, you, pickleball would have been a featured sport on ESPN. Yeah. I mean, they, they had the lowest tier that they came in. Great coverage of highlights that they were able to get of everything. People would watch Wonderful I would analysis. watch Sports Center on a loop. Yeah. I would watch it over and over again. They had great coverage on it. Good luck with Sports Center now. SVP. God, he's Overrated so irritating. Piece of 
so mm. irritating. Sorry, didn't mean to turn this SRX update into a rant about ESPN, but... If the shoe fits. Yep. So let's move on. Finally, to race 25 this Sunday, August the 20th, 2023. Go bowling at the Glen. Watkins Glen. A pretty fast road course. Yep. Lots of sweeping turns and straights, and it's a fun little track. You and I and Mrs. C, we have all eight picks in, by the way, looking at the man who needs this win the most. The man who finished second at Indy. Don't know if I can call him the road course ringer now in NASCAR. I think Tyler Reddick might have taken that crown from him. Potentially, we'll have to see. But, yes, we're speaking of the most popular driver in NASCAR. And arguably this year, the biggest dumbass. Yeah. Oh, I broke my leg snowboarding. We're going with Chase Elliott. Yep, Chase Elliott for Kev, Dave, and Jen. Gee, if he wins, we get a discount on stuff at Hooters, right? I think we do. Don't we? Don't we get like a free blooming onion? Or oh no, that's Kevin Harvick and Outback. Never yeah. mind. No, there's there's some deal they have. Doesn't we'll one have of the, to investigate. One of the waitresses that. flashes her boobs or something. I or? think she puts her shirt over your head for a motorboat. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, yeah. Once we get to the weekend segment, I got to talk about that motorboating. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sam as well as Nick, are going with the aforementioned Tyler Reddick. Can't argue with that pick. No. Bill and Doug, another solid pick for them. They are going with Martin Truex Jr. Another good road racer. And then Aaron, Kyle Larson. So eight good picks. Yes. Eight very, as opposed to last week where I had issues with a couple of picks, especially from Nick and Aaron who needed Really strong performances to get themselves into contention for our playoffs. Logano and Chastain did not come through. No. Especially Logano, as you mentioned. Yeah. And then we got, in our brilliance, we were taken down a notch with that one. It didn't hurt me as much as it hurt you. Because now you're back in a little bit of the danger zone. You need a good run here from Chase Elliott. Yes, I do. Get yourself a buffer zone before the... Shit show that is Daytona. Yeah. All right, kids. As always, check out the Facebook page. These picks will be posted if you somehow forget them. Of course, our baseball picks each and every week. And coming up in just a few short weeks, football picks each and every week. Yeah, that's going to get fun. All right. Moments of silence. Shocking. Shocking death in the NFL. Um, 28 years old. I remember him as a running back for the Seattle Seahawks. Thought he showed a lot of promise, a lot of potential. Uh, Again, 28 years old, Alex Collins passes away. Tragically in a motorcycle accident. Uh, Don't know the details of how it happened. the circumstances that led up <sighs> ran into the side of an SUV that was turning left in front of him. Don't know if the SUV didn't see him or if he was going too fast. 
but still just a tragic way to go. So thoughts and prayers to his family and friends. And then Toronto Maple Leafs hockey legend Bobby Bond scored a winning goal in the 64 Stanley Cup playoffs. Why is that significant? He was playing on a broken ankle. This is hockey players, people. They'll play on broken ankles, torn ACLs. They gut it out when it comes down to the finals. Yeah, unfortunately, and this is not the segment where you like to hear this, but let's stay with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Terrible, terrible story again. I guess I get to be the Grim Reaper here this week in terms of younger people dying well before their time. Rodion Turner, former first-round pick of the Toronto Maple Leafs, promising prospect, dies at the age of 21 from a brain tumor. And again, this is why it sounds cheesy. Live every day. Do it if you've got the opportunity. Don't double think it. Don't overthink it. Don't have doubts. Do it because you could end up having a brain tumor tomorrow. You could die in a motorcycle. And I'm not trying to trivialize this. This is a life lesson. This is a live your life lesson. These young gentlemen died. We are all mortals. Yes. Died too young. So much left in life. Family to have. Experiences to live through and enjoy. Go out and do it. If you've got the means, if you've got the money, if you've got the opportunity, do it. Take that trip. Ask that girl out. Ask that guy out. Do not regret the time on this earth you have because don't believe anything you read in books or movies or see on TV shows. You're not coming back. You got one life. You have one life. Live it to its fullest. Do not be like this. Live it. Do it. No regrets. All right. Now, the inevitable pivot. Yeah, don't have enough this week in the world of sports to really do uh, dumbass or not. No. You want to start off this week? Yeah, I have a horrible situation that should have been stopped back in 2009. I am calling out San Jose State University. Their head athletic trainer, Scott Shaw, is now finally being sentenced for inappropriately touching female athletes, Larry Nasser style. Back in 2009, 17 members of the women's swim and dive team came forward accusing him of inappropriately touching them during exams and therapy. San Jose State's HR department cleared him. 17 women accused him. In 2009, 
he was cleared and continued to abuse these young women athletes up through 2020 when more accusations were finally taken seriously. And now he pled guilty to two misdemeanor charges of inappropriate contact. F the justice system for this fucking plea deal. Dumbasses in their own right. But San Jose State should be freaking ashamed of themselves for letting this guy continue on for as long as he did. Inexcusable. I just, I, I'm so tired of hearing these stories. I am so tired of hearing these stories. Assholes in power get to do whatever the hell they want. It's just weak, weak, weak men. It's what it is. Larry Nasser, this guy, serial killer out in the New Jersey area, taking advantage of women, weak, weak, pathetic little men. Sometimes it makes you want to go back to the old days where they would round up these guys. Frontier justice? Yeah. Where you'd drag them behind the horses, go well, back to the oh, medieval Oh, no, times. you get in trouble for saying that like uh, the country started we talked Let, about. Let's go back to drawing, drawing quarter people. Yeah. Who was it the country star we talked about? Aldine. That had the song, You Can't Do That in a Small Town. Try that in a small town. Yeah. There is something to that sentiment. I'm sorry. It's not racist because we're talking about three white guys here. Yeah. There is something to be said because if you're going to defund the police, if you're going to criticize the police, take all their power away, what other option do you have other than the citizenry to take care of themselves? Oh, wait a minute. The Supreme Court and the government is going to come after me for saying that. Yeah, well then, how about you step up and protect the people from the criminals? Yeah, instead of protecting the criminals. Letting criminals walk into stores out on the West Coast and take two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars in merchandise in oh, organized... Oh, because we can't charge one person if they take less than $900. Bull fucking shit! Theft is theft. Crime is and you, crime, and you, you have fire to an pay. Employee, you fire an employee for trying to stop them. That's the worst part of it all. You fire the employee for trying to stop them, and that's happened over and over and over again in these situations. So sick of this crap. All right, let's, for a moment, get away from that. Go back to the game on the field. Now, the A's, of course, are having a borderline historically bad season. As expected. Heading eventually to Las Vegas. Looking like they're going to pro probably lose 120 games, 115, 120 games. Well, Luis Medina did not make things better for the A's. Now, this, I have to admit... Kind of tough to talk about on a podcast because it, it needs the visual aid. I will describe it as best I can, but you need to watch the video. Batter hits 
not a slow roller, but a decent bounced grounder just to the left. He's a right-handed pitcher just to the left of the mound. Taking him this right is an towards first base. Easy flip to the first baseman. But for no. Out. No, David. Luis Medina says, nope, I got it. I'm going to take it, and I'm just going to kind of lollygag my way over. Meanwhile, the runner is going balls out. No, the runner starts out kind of jogging, oh, this is easy, and he doesn't see him flip it over, and he's just kind of strolling his way to first. So the batter. Kicks it right. into high gear at that point. Right. And, of course, what happens? Batter beats out Luis Medina. By as, a half a step. As he's taking his sweet-ass time on what should have been the easiest play in the book for Absolutely a baseball player. Absolutely pathetic. That, you pull the damn pitcher, and he's running frickin' laps after the game. Luis Medina? You are a dumbass. That, kids, is why you always run it out. You play hard the entire game. Because you never know what the other players, the other opposing players are going to do. You force them to make a play, force them into making a possible mistake. All right. Fun, fun, fun to end this episode and this edition of the Red Foreman Dumbasses of the Week because this is somebody who's always in the running for Dumbass of the Year. No, it's not LeBron James. It's not the weekend edition, so it's not Whoopi Goldberg or Joy Behar, but it's the worst umpire in baseball. That would be one Mr. Angel Hernandez. Somehow, someway, our screwed up justice system, which we were just ranting and raving about, got it right. A federal appeals court did not choose to reinstate Angel Hernandez' racial discrimination lawsuit against Major League Baseball. Nobody thinks you're awful because you're Hispanic. They think you're awful because you're awful! You're the worst umpire possibly ever! Joe West, Joe West might disagree. <laughs> Joe West was bad. Angel Hernandez, you're historically bad. And the fact that you have got to file lawsuit upon lawsuit Oh, it's not my fault. You're a racist. No, you're just a horrible umpire. This is the kind of bullshit that makes me hate <laughs> the system and everything about America. When this idiot, who we all know as baseball fans, is inept beyond belief, files a lawsuit to say, it's not my fault. You're blaming me because of my skin color or my heritage. God! Take responsibility for your own ineptitude. You, Angel Hernandez, are now getting a boarding pass. You are in the lobby, waiting to board the sports frenzy plane of doom. Own up to the fact that you suck as an umpire.
We had you on standby before. You have gotten the boarding pass now. You are waiting to get on to the plane. Whoopi Goldberg waiting there for you with a little tray of cookies and maybe... She's in first class. Yeah. They've already boarded. Yeah, she's strapped in, believe me. (laughs) She's chains. She's chained into her chair. She ain't going anywhere. She's going to have to do all... She'll personally have to bankroll this show in order for her to get off the plane of doom. Yes, we accept bribery. It's got to make it worth our while. (laughs) All right. We're wrapping up. Don't forget the weekend edition. More concert reviews. We're still in the midst of August of rock and roll, the Festival of Rock. Three concerts coming up here this week, which we'll have for you next week. Yep. But that doesn't mean we didn't go to one last weekend. We got that for you. We're reviewing The Hive's new album. Got a review of The Last Voyage of the Demeter. And, of course, we'll look back at the week that was in our favorite TV shows. So do not miss a weekend edition, your Saturday morning hangover cure. He's Dave. He's Kev. We will check you out here for sports next week in seven days. Until then, see ya.